Thank you for listening to another inspiring message from the Movement Church. To find out more about the Movement Church, you can check out our website at theocmovement.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The OC Movement. Well, good morning, Movement Church. Man, you guys look fantastic, and you chose the right Sunday to be in church. I'm excited about uh, what's going to happen today. Have you ever noticed we say that every week? Yeah, it's because we really are that excited, and we want to make sure you wake up, too, so it's both and. But uh, I'm, I am excited. We're in the middle of a series that is uh, it's called Surrender, and this whole thing is kind of about what, the, what it means to be a follower of Christ. So before I dive into that, I, I want to just challenge you with a couple of things. Number one, uh, my life was like radically marked by a season where I was an intern at a church where I was kind of walking out the purpose of God. I had a, this new intrinsic calling to ministry on my life from an early age, and I was trying to figure out what's the next step. So obviously I knew for me I was going to go to college and do Bible college as well, but I wanted some hands-on training, and so I actually got involved in an intern program, and God radically did something awesome in my life. And so if you're here today, and you're thinking, man, I'm not sure, I think I either have a calling uh, to ministry, or I'm like leaning in that direction, and you know, more than just simply serving, I, I kind of want to be behind the scenes and see what God's doing, then man, we've got an intern program that we do every year, and I'm telling you, it would be the best decision you could make. So I believe you can text the word interns to our number and we'll give you some information about what that looks like and you're going to get to connect with other people in the same season of life and Pastor Jeremy and Jessica run our intern program and they're they're a power couple that literally it just kind of blows me away so if that's something that's on your heart you need to check that out but uh, along with that I want to challenge those of you who are in the journey with us for this 21 day challenge so we have been legitimately on a journey for the last two weeks and I've asked you to do Three things with us to devote, to connect, and invest. And devote would mean to really spend time daily in prayer and in reading the Bible. And there's a lot of people that have been joining us for our early morning prayer every day at 6 a.m. It's been amazing. And uh, we've had an average of about 20 adults there Monday through Friday. And then, of course, Saturday that kind of kicks up because we meet at 8 a.m. So for those of you that have a hard time waking up that early. But I want to challenge you to jump in. We've got one more week. Um, and you can text the word challenge to the number on our screen, and that'll give you all the information. But also want to continue to encourage you to connect with somebody in the church and somebody out the church for the purpose of relationship and encouragement. And don't slip into the routine and the rut of just, you know, the typical pull into my, my garage, close the garage door behind me, go through my emotions as a family, wake up the next day, head to work, and do it all over again. Let's invest in, in the lives of people, which leads to my third challenge, which is to invest, and that is to invite someone to church every day. Come on, every day. I want to challenge you to invite someone every day, because sometimes we forget that people really are just looking for some hope, really just looking for some hope. In fact, uh, somebody, some, a couple on our team, they go to Whole Foods on a daily basis and uh, finally on just one of those occasions invited one of the, the, the cash register clerks. I don't know what you call those. I don't know. Checkout people? Cashier is much better. That sounds much more educated. Thank you. Checkout people just didn't sound right, so thank you for that. And they invited this, this woman and she said, man, I've been looking for something like this. So my husband was just diagnosed with cancer. And we're going through the roughest season of our life. I have to take him five days a week for therapy or for treatment. 
She said, I work on Sunday as a result. And so this young woman in our church said, why don't you come to my connect group and hang out? And I'm just telling you, you never know what's on the other side of the story. And the worst thing that can happen to you is you get rejected. And just come find me. I'll give you a hug. You're still awesome. But I want to challenge you to invite someone every day. Can we do that? Awesome. I'm excited about today's message. And I'm going to pray and just kind of dive right in and but here's what I'm asking from you. I want you to bring 110%. So if I say something really good, I want to hear you say, like, so good, or come on, or that's awesome, or Pastor Kerry, you're looking extremely good looking today. That, all those that are fine. But just be in this with me because, man, it's so much easier to preach to some people who are in it with me. And I think God wants to do something in our life. I really do. So I want to pray for us. But before you bow your heads and before we dive in, here's what I'd ask. Would you just open your heart and your ears to hear and receive? I don't know what your faith background is. I, I don't know. Maybe you came in today and you're, I'm not, I don't know where I, f- I, I believe on this whole Jesus thing or Christianity. That's okay. You, you have permission to belong before you believe. I just want to challenge you that no matter where you're at in the journey, that you just open your heart to what God might do in your life. Can we do that today? Would you bow your heads now and close your eyes? No one looking around. I'm excited about this. But let's just pray really quickly. God, we just thank you that you're here doing something miraculous. And I just pray, God, that you would do something right here in our hearts and in our lives. We don't want to leave here the same. We don't want to experience more of life exactly as we know it. We want to experience life to the fullest. So, God, we just really do open our lives and give you permission to rearrange the furniture of our life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. So I, uh, one of the things that I do is I actually am the carpool dad for our kids. A lot of our, uh, the kids that are uh, on our pastoral team, they, uh, they go to the same school. And so I am Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday carpool, and I love it because I get 10 to 15 minutes to either torment their life or teach them great things. And I do a little bit of both. And so we have a routine that we do Uh, every day and I kind of make them kind of go through the motions with it but it's a pretty exciting thing and so we drive the same route to school every day and I'm one of those guys that actually notices details I don't know if you're like anybody out there that you see every detail you see every like you can look on the stage and you see the cables that are not hidden right now by the way we want you on our team if that's you and so that literally is me all the little flakes of white that are on the front of this stage I see it every Sunday and in a couple weeks, we're going to come in here and paint it because I see that. Does anybody else like that? Anyone? Okay, three of you. Some people call that OCD. I call it excellence in the name of Jesus. And so I see every detail, and I know every home in the neighborhood that my kid's school is in. I literally know what it looks like, and I, I drive by it. And all of a sudden, on Thursday, I'm driving past one of these homes, and I literally drive by three days a week, and they had... Uh, sticking off the side of a palm tree, a flag that I had never seen in my life before. And this flag was a Minnesota Vikings flag. Oh, we got some Minnesota Viking fans for the first time in 20 years. Yes, and it just dawned on me, wow, these guys, they have not had that up. Maybe they weren't proud of the Vikings before. Maybe they're bandwagon fans. Anybody ever meet some bandwagon fans out there, right? Have any of you guys just cheered for a team that has just successfully lost for decades? I have. And I see some Redskins fans out there. I know you know. And some Bills fans. I mean, you just know. This is, I see a Patriots hat over there, and we all hate you right now. And so just moving along, I, I just noticed he got really excited about the Vikings. Why? Because they actually did something this year. I mean, it's been a long time. And, and I thought, man, 
I'm, I can't be angry at him. He probably has been a fan. He just chose to show it because for the first time he's proud of it. But I just kind of started to think that sometimes when it comes to Christianity and faith, we can kind of be like that. Like when it's convenient, we'll stand up for faith. Or when it's convenient, we'll actually walk the walk that God asks us to walk. And when it fits into our schedule and into our routine, then I will be a follower of Christ. But if it conflicts with something that I want, I'm challenged with that. And so today's message, actually, if you're here and you say, I'm a Christ follower, I hope and pray it stings us a little bit. Because it's going to challenge us. If you're here and you're like, I don't know what I believe, you get to sit back and laugh and mock at the rest of us. Thank you, girly. Because listen to me for a moment. This whole series is about us simply surrendering our life to who Jesus is. That's what it means to be a Christian. It's not about going to church. That's a byproduct. Going to church doesn't make you a Christ follower any more than going to in and out makes you a double-double. Some of you can smell it right now. You're like, that would be so good. You are good. Good. Double, double. You, I can go all day. And so this whole thing is about us surrendering our life to Christ. Now, you don't have to believe this, but we are comprised of three different parts, body, soul, and spirit. The spirit is what aligns with the nature of who God is. The body is our physical body that has systems at work, your muscular system, your nervous system, all of those things. But it also has cravings and desires. And then we have a soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions. This is where we have feelings and thoughts. And so when we say a prayer and say yes to Jesus, maybe you did that here at this church. Maybe it's never happened for you. Maybe it happened 15, 20 years ago, five years ago, six months ago. What happens is in a moment, our spirit comes alive in Christ, and we invite Jesus into the driver's seat, and we say, okay, you are in charge. Our spirit is immediately in right standing with God. The Bible calls this justification, which is just another way of saying just as if I've never sinned. The moment we pray a prayer, God no longer looks at us through the lens of our past, our failures, our issues. He looks at us through the lens of who Jesus is, and this is good news. This is great news. Romans says that all we have to do to see this happen or take place in our life is to just believe, not eradicate our past, not get rid of anything, none of that stuff, but just simply to believe. The challenge is that our body and our soul take time and effort and work to align with the Spirit of God, and that's what this series is about. Philippians, this is a book in the New Testament, chapter 2, says this. It says, work hard... To show the results of your salvation. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. Now it says work hard to show the results. Not work hard to earn salvation. Many of us would think that. That I've got to work hard to become a follower of Christ. No, I just got to believe. But then after the fact, something has to change. And it's going to take some time and energy and effort to align the cravings and the desires that I have. And the way that I think and feel with the nature of who God is. So he says, work hard to show the results of your salvation. Look at verse 13. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Which means, hey, everybody look right here for a moment. Which means that if we'll lean into who God is, he'll help shape and shift the desires that we have. But this is called surrender. Why? Because our body and our soul take time and effort to align with the spirit of God. 
This surrender is a lifetime version of surrender, constantly aligning my life with who he is. And the Bible calls this sanctification. Justification is a moment. Sanctification is a process. In fact, the definition for sanctification is this gradual and progressive spiritual growth that marks the life of the believer. Now, if you were here a couple weeks ago, I talked about this in the very opening session of this series. And man, hey, this is where I think we become bandwagon Christians. We decide, you know what, I don't necessarily want to have gradual and progressive spiritual growth right now. I want to go ahead and put the car into park and just be who I want to be. The problem is then what begins to mark our life? A life of being in neutral and going nowhere where on Sundays I'll wave the banner or put the flag out of Christian. But throughout the week, I struggle to walk in integrity and in character. The people that are closest to me may not even realize that I say I belong to faith because the way that I speak or the way that I act or the lack of kindness in my life or how I fail to show love and grace to people who matter most or even yet harder than that of the people that I don't really like. And so then I just kind of put the flag out on the tree of my proverbial yard when it's convenient. Dang, that's a good illustration. I just thought of it, too, so I feel good. Hope I can remember it for second service. <laughs> Here's the problem. Our bodies have appetites. They have appetites, both good and bad. Last week, Megan talked about aligning our soul with the Spirit of God. Today, we're going to talk about how do we align our body. Why? Because we have appetites, both good and bad. How many of you could definitely put down at least two double-doubles, like right now? Thank you. No one should ever do that, ever. But yet we could. And honestly... We want to. So we have cravings, both good and bad. But here's the challenge. Those cravings often lead to sin. And be wary, be careful of any sin that leads to our flesh getting anything it wants. This is a dangerous place to be. This is a dangerous place to be. Why? Because sin is never, ever satisfied. It's never satisfied. So it's like rinse and repeat. We keep feeding those cravings and this repeats over and over and over again. And what we think is only a moment turns into a week, which turns into a month, which turns into how many months I can't even remember. And the question that you and I need to ask ourselves is this. Are my actions driven by my cravings? Are my actions driven by my cravings? Is there a craving in your life that you just can't seem to get past? You just can't seem to, to let this thing go. Are there moments in your life where you indulge in something and then immediately after regret ensues and you find yourself in this place thinking, I just don't know if I'm able to stop? And I don't know what issue it is that you might struggle with. And this isn't about me trying to illuminate what's going on in your life. This is about all of us being open to what God wants to do. Why? So we can align our body with the spirit of God and experience gradual, progressive, spiritual growth that marks my life on a daily basis. What I love about that definition is it doesn't say gradual, perfect, progressive, spiritual growth that looks better than the people you're seated next to now. Right? But often that's how we look through that lens. 
You ever get to that place where you indulge so often, you just get to a, a moment where you don't even like who you've become? I don't like how I act, and I don't like how I think. This is a chief indicator that your actions may be driven by your cravings. Or have you ever just lived a life where you're justifying your actions? Justifying what it is you're doing. Maybe you think to yourself, I'm not harming anyone. Which is the greatest lie I think that the enemy whispers in our ear. It's only affecting me. And you and I might just think that our private rebellion is affecting no one. But I'm just telling you, you play that sucker out and it's going to become destructive. I'm not harming anyone else. Or maybe I'm using comparison to justify my actions. It's not as bad as so-and-so. Well, I had this friend and they, man, they were crazy. They were seriously jacked up. Messed up. Like they probably shouldn't come to church. But for me, I'm kind of just halfway jacked up. Is that, we actually do that. We compare ourselves. Listen, we compare our lives to people all the time. And we do the same thing with our sinful life. Maybe there's things that you're justifying because it's completely legal. Or maybe you've seen some leaders in church do this. And so still you're justifying things that should not be a part of your life. Or are you hiding your actions from those that are closest to you? This is a chief indicator that your cravings might be driving your actions. Or hiding them from those that I I influence. Here's a question. Can I actually stop? And some of us aren't fit to answer that question. I can stop anytime I want to. I don't know why you sound like that. It's really strange. That's like my go-to voice. Oh, no, no, no. I don't know why. I just think about the Patriots when I. And that's what ha- I'm kidding. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm just gonna pick. I see your beanie. I'm just gonna go for it the whole day. Oh, Tom Brady. Anyways, can I actually stop? And I don't know if any. Some of us are really qualified to ask that, answer that question, I think we really should be asking those that are closest to us. Because we're really good at believing the lies that we tell ourselves. We really are. I mean, we're gifted at it. We've been doing it for years. So I want to talk about an equation today for the remaining 17 minutes that we're together. I want to talk about an equation that I think would help us in this journey of surrender. And, and it'll be on the screens. I believe it's in your notes if you're following along in you version. And here's the equation. I'm going to kind of spell it out to you real quickly. And, and, and then we'll come back and kind of dissect it piece by piece. But here's the equation. Are you ready? If we take the Bible plus my convictions plus those closest to me, you ready? Minus my past hang ups and habits plus the Holy Spirit, I believe it equals surrender. So let me unpack this for a moment. Let's start with the Bible. And I'm not going to dive in too deep because Megan really hit on this last week. And we're going to hit on it again next week. But we have to make sure the Bible is an active part of our life because we live in a culture where morality is driven by relativism. You, you don't, this isn't a choice. Like we're there. The culture that we live in says that morality or the standards of morality or right and wrong are culturally based, therefore subject to a person's individual choice. And this is horrible. This is bad. If right and wrong is based on what I decide, nine out of ten times, it's going to be based on what I feel. And that is a problem, people. 
I don't know about you, but if it's based upon what I feel, I can make myself feel anything I want to. I feel like I need to be with another woman and stay married. She's going to feel like she needs to murder me. Just wanted to ease the tension there, and she will. She just said it. The elders will pray for me, and they'll raise me from the dead, and she'll murder me again. So I don't get to decide what is right and wrong, which means there has to be a standard. There has to be something that says this is right, this is wrong, this is morally okay, and this is morally a base. This is a problem. So we have to allow something to become the standard. We have to allow something to become the standard. Otherwise, I'll let my feelings guide my choices, and that gets me into trouble. I had a, a gentleman who was just struggling with being very sexually promiscuous, promiscuous with girl after girl after girl. And he was just like, man, I just wish God would take away these desires. I'm like, no, you don't actually. No, 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 you don't. I don't want God to take away my sexual desires. I love my wife. Amen. <laughs> amen and amen and amen. Hey, yes. Just making sure y'all with me. So a lot of times we blame people for the desire. Like, oh, just take this desire away. No, no, no. No, God created something that is right and holy. But, man, we skew that thing sometimes. In fact, James 1 says this. Don't let anyone under pressure to give in to evil say God is trying to trip me up. God is impervious to evil, and he puts evil in no one's way. Check this out. The temptation to give in to evil comes from us and only us. We have no one to blame but the leering, seducing flare-up of our own lust. When lust gets pregnant and has a baby, sin. And sin grows up to adulthood and becomes a real killer. Centuries ago, sailors would use celestial navigation and sailing across the great oceans of our world, and stars and moon and the sun, and they would look up and use it as navigation. The problem would, would surface when there's clouds out at night, and they didn't realize also or were unaware early on of the rotation and the orbiting that occurs. And so as they're trying to steer in a certain direction using the, star and the stars and the sun and the moon, as a guidance system, objects would change locations at different times of the year, and then sailors would find themselves at the mercy of the sea. And this is exactly what happens in our life when we allow anything other than the Word of God to decide what is right and wrong. We're at the mercy of the seas of life. The equation, let's get back to this, the equation, the Bible plus my convictions my convictions is just, I, I just know that I need to make a change. It's just something on the inside. I would call it my knower. And it's really where the Holy Spirit leans in and he's like, hey, listen, it's time to give that thing up. You've been messing with that for far too long. It's over. It's time just to give that thing up. The Holy Spirit desperately wants to be a part of our life and, and, and you want him to. In fact, Jesus was talking to his disciples and said, hey, I'm about to bounce. I got to head out. But the Holy Spirit is going to come and be available to you. In fact, in John chapter 16, he said this, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. And I love that word, the advocate. 
If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness. In other words, say, hey, this is right. This is what God wants for you. And this is what the world wants. You need to differentiate between the two and surrender the cravings and line it up with the nature of God. But I love how it says he's an advocate. And I want you to know that, that the Holy Spirit is an advocate for your best life. And I think so many people walked in here today thinking, I'm just not living the life I know I was created to live. And the Holy Spirit is an advocate for your best life. And this is good because there is an adversary who's trying to destroy us. His name is Satan. And his tag team partner is even more terrifying. You know who his tag team partner is? You. You. Somebody just elbowed their wife. I've been trying to tell you that for years. You are the devil, woman. <laughs> it's terrifying. I mean, the enemy is not creative. He's just crafty. And he uses the same things that we struggle with over and 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 over again. Which is why we've got to align our body with the nature and the spirit of God. And the Holy Spirit will lean in and speak, hey, man, you got to make some adjustments. Which means if he's trying to speak, then I've got to be listening to him and being open to change. And my wife and I, we came here over six years ago and helped and planted this church. I mean, we started from scratch. And there's some people in this room that were a part of that from the very beginning. And as a result, we work with church planters all the time. These are men and women who are going to start a church from nothing. And so we work with them all the time. And what I love most about church planters, before they plant, they know everything. Everything. And they come in and tell me all the things that they know. In the beginning, I used to try to talk to them. And then I was like, you know, I can't handle this anymore. They just know everything. You know what I do? I just sit back and give them a hug and high five. We give them money because we believe in them. And, man, you're going to do this. It's going to be great. And we just sit back and wait. I just wait for you to laugh. You didn't laugh at me, so I just kept making a dumber face. and Just sit back and we wait. And sure enough, they start the church. And then, man, all hell breaks loose. Why? Because the Bible says that the gates of hell are trying to destroy the church. The good news is the Bible also says the gates of hell cannot prevail. And then they make a phone call. Hey, bro, you didn't tell me. I was like, well, you didn't ask. Bro, I don't know if I'm going to make it. You're going to make it. So if the Holy Spirit's trying to speak to man, we've got to be open before we're forced to change. That's the problem. Most of us get to a place where it's too late, and we're already signing documents for the end of the marriage. Or we're broken in a relationship, and we just can't apologize enough to get them back. The equation, the Bible, plus my convictions, plus those closest to me. This is important. For, the, for some of you that are married, that would be your spouse. For some of you, that might be a sibling or a great friend. But look at me, hey, everybody right here, just look at me for one second. All of us need at least three people who absolutely love us and are completely unimpressed by us. All of us need not one, but, and I know your spouse already qualifies, somebody that absolutely loves you but is completely unimpressed by you. And let me add another qualification. They also need to know what your kryptonite is. 
They need to know what Winnie Cooper is to you. Who's it? Anybody know Winnie Cooper? Yeah. Topanga for my millennial friends in here. Anyone? Nope. I don't know anything else after that. That's it. They need to know what your kryptonite is. What is it that's going to derail you? For those of you that are in the, the maybe the older generation, your silver bullet. What is the thing that's going to take you out and take you down? And what are the warning signs in your life? You know, I do great until I get into a high-stress situation. Who in your world knows what you're like in high stress? They can see, whoa, 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 this is dangerous. Danger, danger. We got to come in and say, hey, man, how are you? What about this thing? Are you saying no to this thing? Let me just encourage you. You're not strong enough to make it through life on your own. Isn't that encouraging? You're just not. You're awesome. Most of you are really awesome. Some of you are kind of awesome. (laughs) But even in your awesomeness, you're not strong enough to make it through this life alone. Public service announcement. That's why we do connect groups. So we're about to start a semester right here this week, and if you're not in the connect group, something is wrong with you. On your way out today, you can text the word connect or menu or Jesus or something or Jordan. It's on the screen behind me. How crazy. So good. And you can text that word. It'll tell you all the groups and where they meet. Why? Because you're just not strong enough to do this alone. And neither are the people in the group. Man, when we get together, something awesome happens. The equation, my, the Bible, my convictions, those closest to me, minus my past hang-ups and habits. This is important. You, you need to enter this into the equation. I've got a, a good friend, and he went through a season of life not too long ago where he was driving to work and on his way there was picking up a fifth of whiskey. And he would drink the entire bottle every day at work and pass out. I don't know how his boss didn't know about this. And he would wake up and he would drive home. He did this every day. Guys, that's not okay. Now, thank God, the Holy Spirit leaned in and his his spouse was absolutely amazing and got his life on the right track. But if he was to come to me right now and say, hey, you know what? I think it's time to start drinking again. (laughs) No, no, I feel really good about it. And it's not unbiblical, and I feel like I'm strong enough. I'd say, bro, no, you're not. Are you tracking with me? So we've got to enter that into the equation. We've got to enter that into the equation. Here's the better way to say it. We've got to be stronger than our cravings. So the Bible, plus my convictions, plus those closest to me, minus my past hang-ups and habits, plus the Holy Spirit. Some things in life need a real-time download from the Holy Spirit. This is not some systematical equation, guys. This is called life. Well, Pastor Kerry, did you say the Holy Spirit twice? Yes, I did. Because we need a little bit more of him in our life. Some things you just need him to lean in and go, wait a minute. I just, even though you might be pretty strong right now and things might be okay. I think you need to hold off because this is really going to end up hurting you in a way that you are not ready for it. Look at what John 14 says. It says, hey, but the advocate, I love that word, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, this is Jesus talking, look at this, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. And my peace, I give you. I like how it says he will remind you of all things and of everything I have said to you. Sometimes we need reminders. 
of the places that we've been so we don't make the mistakes again. But hey, listen to me. Look right here. Sometimes we need reminders of the way that God sees us. That his greatest plans are always ahead of us. That he has plans that are to prosper us and to give us a hope and a future. And some of us in this room have been feeding our cravings for a long time, and it takes a long time to starve that sucker to death. And we need the Holy Spirit in a powerful way. You need people, and you need the Holy Spirit in a powerful way. Let me give you a practical for this. We're about to start a, a semester of connect groups, as I already told you, but one of them specifically is called Freedom Groups. And this is a place where we're systematically kind of debunk some myths in our life. It's a little bit longer than the normal one, but I'm telling you, this would be a great place to jump in regardless. You can do this and another group. But what God will do is take a 10-week time period that culminates in a really awesome retreat and just kind of slowly and systematically pull some of that junk out and figure out how to deal with it. And the Holy Spirit leans in and gives us strength to handle it. This is not a game we're playing. This is life. And if you're here today and you say, man, I'm a Christ follower, then, man, it's time to align our life and surrender to who God is and, more importantly, what he has for us. So here's what I believe. I believe that the Bible, plus my convictions, plus those that are closest to me, minus my past hang-ups and habits, plus the Holy Spirit, really will equal surrender. I really believe that. And I believe that's what God wants for all of us in this room. I believe that's the best life that we were created to live. How many of you would just say, you know what? That's the life I want to live. Would you just raise your hand? Come on. My greatest fear would be that you come to the movement church and you only connect with a great person. But my greatest hope would be you connect with great people, and more importantly, you connect with a really awesome God. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? I want to pray for you for a moment. Nobody leave yet. We're almost finished here today. God, I just thank you that you're doing something powerful in our lives. We open our hearts to you, and we give you all the honor and glory in Jesus' name. I pray you just move, God, right now in a powerful way. I pray that you would do something so real in our life that we would not ever be able to forget it. God, we surrender our lives to you right now. In Jesus' name, I pray. You know, before we go, I want to give everyone in this place a, an opportunity, a moment to start the greatest journey of your life. And that's a journey where God is fully present. A moment where you invite Jesus into the driver's seat of your life. And I'm not talking about church membership. And I'm not talking about eradicating your past. But a moment where you just say yes to who Jesus is. In a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer, and if you're here and you've never prayed this prayer, today is your day. And if you're here today and you've been running from God, maybe you prayed a prayer like this years ago, months ago, weeks ago, but you've been just kind of doing your own thing, I want to challenge you today, make this prayer your own and make it real in a way you never have before. Let's take a step together and allow this moment to become a reality. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? No one looking around. No one leaving. If you're here and you've never prayed this prayer, today is your day. And if you're here and today you say, man, I've been running from God. 
I've been aligning my life with everything that I should not be aligning my life with. And today I want to start over with a fresh start, a brand new beginning. I want to challenge you to pray this prayer with us. Heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. Just make this prayer your own. Just say, dear God, I know that you're real. I know that you love me. That you've given me purpose. God, I'm not perfect. There are things in my life that have just kind of been a little bit messed up. But God, would you forgive me? And then make this statement your own right here where you're at. Let this moment become a holy moment. Just say, Jesus, I give you my life. In Jesus' name I pray. If you prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited to be a part of this journey with you. Would you email us at info at theocmovement.com? And if you're not in the area, we would love to help you find another life-giving church near you. Send us an email at info at theocmovement.com and we'll get back to you shortly. Thank you again for listening to another inspiring message from the Movement Church.